Welcome to 27 Speaks, a weekly podcast with the staff of the Express News Group who share their insights into the latest stories making news on the East End of Long Island. We are recording. Hey y'all, how's everyone doing? Good? So for this week's episode of the podcast, we thought it would be really fun to bring in our faithful, loyal, amazing intern staff who have really powered through this summer. And I mean, I don't even know. I think I know I've met Alec in person, but I'm not even sure that I've seen. Well, I know that Julia, because Julia has been a long time or she's been um, hanging about the Southampton Press Office for more than a year now. But our other interns, um, we did everything virtually this year, which was very weird. So uh, I thought that we would start by doing introductions. Bill, say hello. Hi, Annette. I'm Bill Sutton. I'm the managing editor of the Express News Group. My name is Annette Hinkle. I'm the arts and living editor of the Express News Group. And with us today, we have uh, four of our, our amazing interns. Um, Alec, do you want to introduce yourself? My name's Alec. Uh, I started with the Express News Group in March, took a break for classes, and then started up again at the end of May. I'm a rising senior at Cornell, and I write for the school paper there. Great. And um, Julia, would you like to say hello? Hi, my name's Julia Hemming. This is my second summer interning at the Southampton Press, and I am an incoming freshman at Stony Brook University and recent graduate of Hampton Bays High School. And what what are you going to be majoring in at Stony Brook? I will be a journalism major. Woohoo. Gabriella, would you like to say hi? Yeah, hi. I'm Gabriella Carroll. I am a rising sophomore at Northwestern University. I have been interning with Express News Group since March, and I've like primarily written for sports, the sports section in the summer. And finally, Marissa. Hi, Marissa. Hey, I'm Marissa. Um, I have been interning with Express News Group since I believe June, and I'm a rising senior at Fordham University. I'm an English major and a journalism minor. Nice. So you're set. You know, I I feel like we really threw you into the fire right away, and I'm just wondering if you've learned anything from all of this. So I thought maybe I would start with Alec, because I feel like, you know, Alec and I were actually talking about, you were supposed to be in Africa this summer, if I remember correctly. Um, but that that internship fell apart, which you know was kind of sad for you, but sort of happy for us. That's correct. And um, and Alec, I wondered if you could talk a little about because we threw you right into like the Black Lives Matter protests, and um, you had all sorts of cool ideas about pursuing stories. So I wondered if you could share a little bit of your insight into some of the stories that you've been really interested in covering. Yeah, I mean, there's a saying in college that the best internships are always the ones that happened last minute. And I think that's exactly the case here. I remember calling you, Annette, like in the middle of a student cafe and asking if I could intern. And it was so last minute. But I've learned so much this summer. I think covering Black Lives Matter was a once in a lifetime opportunity. And I'm so happy to have had that opportunity. And you really learn a lot about like telling people stories I think that was missed out a lot in national coverage, that we did well in our local coverage. We told the story of the individual protester, really asked people why they were out there protesting. And for me, as someone who might want to go into journalism, that was a really cool skill to develop, how to talk to people on the street who are protesting for things that are so personal to them. So I learned a lot of how to cover people like doing things, honestly. How many protests did, we, did you actually uh, go to for? There were seven for Black Lives Matter, 
there was one protest that was kind of related tangentially uh, against billionaires. Um, that was mostly people not from here. So eight. Well, I think what's also interesting is that, of course, we sent you to that Chainsmokers concert as well, which became national news. So I wondered if you could talk a little bit about being thrown into a story that suddenly is ending up in the Daily Mail and in all those places. So I woke up Sunday morning and my friends had texted me. It was Saturday night. I woke up Sunday morning and I got a text that a TM- TMZ had already covered this story. They were the first outlet to get that story out. And that's when I knew, like, I need to start working on the story right now. So originally, I just thought it would be, um, like, a more, like, laissez-faire news story. But then I started realizing, like, okay, this is getting national hate. I need to get this up. So I really put the pedal to the metal on getting that story done. In terms of national coverage, I thought we did a really good job in that story, um, just because we're a local newspaper, and we, because we were there of capturing, like, what is happening at the event itself not just the fallout and not just like the outrage of people on Twitter, but like how it's affecting local politicians and people's rebuke against local politicians. So I would, that was an amazing, like I'm so happy I had that opportunity. You were able to cover it as a local news story, not a sensationalized piece like a lot of different organizations do where they come into, they swoop into the Hamptons and, you know, and sensationalize a story. But you saw what, what we do as a, as a local newspaper is, is just cover the facts of the story. I think that's what's also interesting is that we're so used to in the summer kind of being a cliche almost, you know, it's like, oh, the rich people descending on the Hamptons. Oh, here's an example of badly behaved wealthy people or an us versus them thing. And um, I think probably what you all have maybe realized if you didn't already know it is that um, this area is just a lot more nuanced than people give it credit for being. Gabriella, do you want to share a little bit about, about covering sports? I mean, it was kind of an odd year for sports just because so many things were canceled when you descended upon us. And so I just wondered what sort of challenges you ended up um, kind of facing and really coming up with sports stories. And if you were able to write about maybe some, some types of sports that you'd never had considered writing about before, just because we were looking for content for that section. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like the sports that I ended up writing about this summer were very different from like just the classic types of sports that I feel like I wrote about a lot at school, like the general college sports that happen. I wrote a lot about sailing, running. I also did a lot of like recreation stories. I talked to a lot of like local business owners, especially like local sports businesses and local recreation businesses to see sort of what they were doing. And it was definitely like a rush to sort of find things to write about and find profiles to write. I utilized like a lot of different people that I know. My younger brother is like very involved with like lacrosse and sports out here. So I talked to a lot of people that he knew and a lot of like clubs that he knew. And it was really a lot of cold emailing, a lot of like trying to figure out what I could write about. And I didn't really do a lot of in-person reporting, which was like obviously something that you wouldn't be expecting for like a sports story. But I ended up being able to go to a golf match one time. I went out to a couple sailing clubs to talk to them and see their facilities and how they were running things out there. So I got to do a lot of like really interesting, weird, more like niche stories as opposed to just like traditional game coverage. And I was really like, Bill and I were working really hard to like find new things to write about every week and find new people to write about. And I just, that was a very different experience from what I was doing at school, which was mostly just like covering games. So it became a very interesting learning experience, like learning how to really seek out articles that worked for this and fit with sports and fit with the sports in the East End. And I think that was just such a great experience. 
And I guess when you go back to school, you're not going to be able to really write about sports because it seems like so many colleges and universities are totally canceling their, um, at least their fall sports program. Yeah, exactly. Um, my school is in the Big Ten and we canceled everything, I think, this morning. So it really is going to be like a lot of the stuff that I was doing this summer and learned this summer is going to be super applicable when I get back to like doing also more like recreation, special interest, more profiles, as opposed to just like traditional game coverage. And I know I had really leaned heavily on just learning game coverage in my first two like quarters on campus and while I was back at my school. So being able to have this opportunity to do different types of stories and really get out of that box was like amazing for me and I think it's really going to serve me well with no sports in the fall so I forgot are you a journalism major I am a journalism major yeah Gabrielle came in and started as an as an intern and she wrote one kind of I don't even remember what the first story was but it was kind of sporty and and I remember sending her an email and saying gee do you do you like writing sports and uh, and the reply was that yeah that she that she wrote sports for a school newspaper you you covered a, was it a basketball team yeah I covered the northwestern men's basketball team in the winter so like, the last thing I did on campus was go to the Big Ten tournament and cover that and then they were like just kidding everything is canceled there are no more sports and I was like great <laughs> and we really needed the sports coverage so I mean that was a real blessing for us and I was uh, if you could have seen the smile on my face when you said that you were a sports writer and I hated to pigeonhole you a little bit but you seem to enjoy it did we get poor Gabriella to write anything other than sports this summer she went to one of the protests right I did go to one of the protests yeah and you wrote it you wrote about the big burger thing or whatever it was there Georgia Motes's burger thing I wrote about that as well. So yeah, I did a couple other things. I did mostly sports, but it was definitely like a very different type of sports coverage than I'm used to doing. So it was still like a very new experience in a lot of ways. So I was very happy to just do sports. I, I love sports, so no problems here. So Marissa, we sort of dragged you, right? Kicking and screaming into the arts and leisure section. I don't know, maybe not. Actually, you, you expressed interest in writing arts for us, so. I did volunteer, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, you did a great job. We really, and we threw you into some stories that were um, admittedly difficult, I think. <laughs> so, but you performed very admirably, admirably. So I wondered if you could talk a little bit about, about if you had done a lot of um, arts writing in the past, um, or if this was sort of your first jump into that kind of section, and if it was different um, than maybe what you're used to doing. Yeah, um, in college I wrote for the news section, and so I didn't have any experience writing for an art section. That's actually part of the reason why I thought this was so incredibly helpful, because I got to learn the skills necessary to write for a news section, which was really amazing. And it was also really cool because in addition to learning that skill set from the editors and all the wonderful writers, on the staff, I also was able to learn, like outside of journalism, like from the sources almost in a way. Like I just interviewed this guy who was an artist and he uses a like 4,000 pound Volvo excavator in his paintings. And like he taught me about how he does that kind of process. And it's just things like that that are really interesting and unexpected. So it was just an all around really great learning experience for sure. Yeah, I think you could be a little looser too with the style, I think, with an art story. You know, you can kind of start it out with a mystery or, you know, it doesn't have, doesn't have to be like all front loaded with facts like you tend to in the news section. So what was your favorite story to work on this summer, would you say? That's a tough one. There were a lot of good ones that I really enjoyed. I think there wasn't one in particular that I didn't enjoy at all, but I think my favorite was probably working on 
the local youth who were kind of making activism groups, which was more news oriented, but I was still able to use some of the skills that I learned from the art section in that. And I think it really helped my writing. You did a fantastic job with that. You went around to all the different schools, a bunch of different school districts and talked to a bunch of kids. And, um, you know, we, we made a really nice package out of that in print. It was a, it was a really nice Yeah, and job. I think that like specifically, like with an art story, you kind of want to really focus on like the subject, like the source and kind of like how they've been doing their work and things like that. And so with that story, I was able to go in with that kind of perspective and kind of get, in addition to like the hard news, you know, who's doing what, when are the protests, what the exact action is, I was also able to go in and kind of see, you know, the kids who are leading these groups, like kind of to get more of their perspective. Now, Julia, you've been, we've been dragging you through this for quite a while. You have well, well more than a year of experience under your belt working with us. So just wondered how your perspective has changed um, in being with us at the Express News Group. And, and has it sort of given you direction that maybe you didn't have before? Um, it was definitely very different, especially since I had worked last summer and very often would go into the village and walk around to get story ideas or talk to people as sources. And this summer you, you couldn't really do that because you're not supposed to just like wander around because that goes against social distancing. Um, so as I was doing everything from home, I very much learned how to like email people and ask for contacts for other people so that I could have a variety of sources for stories um, and like with or hold up our journalistic integrity, but keep everyone I was talking to safe because I didn't want to endanger them or endanger myself by like asking to meet in person if it was unnecessary and could be conducted over the phone or via email. So that was very different. So as far as the stories that you worked on in the most recent months, did you have one that you really enjoyed or that really stood out for you? Um, I wrote about my experience graduating from high school because of how different it was this year from hundreds of other years of graduations. That definitely was my favorite because it kind of forced me to look at the experience and try to find a positive in it because I didn't want to write an article that was just like complaining about how terrible life was. So it forced me to A, look at the whole experience as a journalist and to look at the whole experience and try to find something about it that made me feel like there was hope for the future or something positive about the fact that I got a graduation or I got a cap and gown or my parents were there. Um, so that was definitely my favorite story because it writing it kind of was a part of my healing process of I didn't get to finish my senior year of high school. I didn't get a prom, but I did get graduation and people I loved were at graduation and I got to say goodbye to the staff of my school so I got a little bit of closure in writing that story. So you guys must all feel a little ripped off, basically. This is like, this is your college experience. So as far as going back to school, are you planning on heading back to go live at school or are you going to be doing online? Julie, I think that you said you're going to be working from home now, right? Yeah. I'll be from home until January, and then hopefully after the new year, I'll be able to reevaluate and 
possibly go back for the spring semester. So what about you, Marissa? What are you, um, what are your plans now? I'm kind of in the same boat as Julia. I am opting to do fully online for the fall, but then hoping to go back in the spring if things settle down a little bit. Are you out here on the East End for the fall? Yeah, I'm in quad. Okay, good. So we can still rely on you if we need to. Good to know. Yeah, I'm going to take a minute to see how my classes are and how I can juggle the, uh, the whole online situation. I'm still adjusting, but I would definitely love to come back and work for you guys in some capacity for sure. Excellent. So Gabriella, what are you thinking? Are you going back out Chicago way? My plan right now is to go back to Chicago, but just based on what I've been seeing from like other schools in Chicago, I can't say I'm 100% sure that that's actually going to pan out. Um, I hope to go back. I like miss being there, obviously, but if like we end up, I'm planning on living on campus. So if they end up closing the dorms, I'm probably just going to stay here and take all my classes from home. So, so Alec, you're, you're committed to head back up to um, Cornell, right? Because you've got a place to live. Yeah, I have a place to live. And three out of my four classes are also in person. Wow. Cornell has this weird persistence that I don't understand with holding in-person classes. Um, especially yesterday, you saw Princeton, or you saw Brown and Penn walk back their decisions. We're not the only Ivy that's doing full in-person fall, which... Harvard's all online, right? Yeah, they're all offering most online classes besides wow. us. Yeah. So are they going to make you guys like take COVID tests or anything? We have to get tested upon arrival and then they're testing us twice a week and they converted part of the vet school into a testing lab. <laughs> well, that's just a lot about how they feel about students. <laughs> yeah. You animals. Yeah. It'll be interesting. How, how on earth did you get through those hour-long Thursday editorial meetings without going crazy or skipping out or screaming and yelling because I tell you it, it's tough for us sometimes and I'm just um, wondering how you made it. Honestly like I really missed everybody because <laughs> I was always in the office on Wednesday for the in-person editorial meetings last summer and I came for the in-person editorial meetings until like early November too so I missed seeing all of you and I missed the like dynamic you get when you're in person. Some parts of it like remained and you guys are just as funny virtually as you are in real life, but I miss- Or so we think. <laughs> you're, so you have your moments, you're witty sometimes, <laughs> but I missed seeing everyone in person. So like I got a little melancholy being in those meetings because I was like, I wish I was like in the office with everyone like we normally are. I, I love the meetings. I thought people kind of thought out loud in them, and it's really cool to see how real professional journalists um, think and work through ideas. It's just like, I love I loved listening. And, and, that, and I just did a spit take. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, use the word professional in a sentence. <laughs> they were amazing. I agree. I actually, I really enjoyed the meetings. I mean, I've never met any of you guys, anybody in person. I've done the entire internship online, but um, I thought it was really fun just to see, because that was my first internship and I haven't had the experience of a newsroom setting yet. So this was the closest thing I could get given the circumstances, but I, I still really enjoyed it for sure. How about you, Gabby? I will say I was not at as many of them as a lot of the other people, just because I was working another job that started at 11 and our meeting started at 10. So I skipped out on a lot of them. So I feel not as equipped to be like, they were fun, but like, I definitely enjoyed them. I sort of missed 
one of the biggest things that I enjoyed about like my school newsroom was like being together with everyone. And it was like, even it, because I couldn't really meet anybody in person, it was fun to all like be in the same space, like just talking about journalism because you can't really do that like over email in the same way, obviously. What will you take away from this internship that you might apply to what you're going to be doing going forward at school? At school, I was writing for like the news section and I kind of stuck to that. But now I think I am more comfortable writing art stories. And so if my paper does start up again at school, I'm still waiting to hear back about that. But if it does, I would really love to get involved with the art section as well, because I think it's, re- it's been really enjoyable. So Alec, aren't you, are you going to be editing your school newspaper? Yeah. Um... We're resuming, we still, we're publishing online still. We published online throughout the summer. Um, I think one thing I'll take away from this summer with the Express News Group is just asking better questions of sources. I think I learned a lot, especially from interviewing Jay Schneiderman after the concert, from interviewing protesters in Black Lives Matter, um, and calls with police chiefs after the protests. I think I've learned to really ask more critical questions. Um, and even, I, I used that like two weeks ago, I was interviewing a candidate for Congress for the school paper. And I, I, was, I felt so much more confident asking questions. That's the biggest takeaway for me. I'm a big proponent in learning by doing. And I think throwing you guys out to the wolves and just having you do the stuff and just churn the copy out and do the interviews and all that. I think you just learn so much that way. I, I hope anyway. I want to say that we're kind of retooling how we're doing stuff too. And I'm used to with reporters and interns really working one-on-one and going over a story line by line and doing a line at it, you know, with people. And we just didn't have that opportunity to do that online um, or virtually. I mean, and time was obviously a big concern too. And so I missed that experience with all of you guys, but I still feel that I saw great improvement from all of you from from day one, just, you know, super advancement in, in your reporting and, and your writing. So are you guys looking forward to getting um, getting away from us and back to uh, schoolwork? I'd much rather do this than um, schoolwork, so. Well, there's always next summer, isn't there? You can come back to us. You'll be graduated by then, right? Hopefully I'll be graduated. Although you might be in Africa. Are you changing your major at all based on the on what this summer presented you with, Alec? Um, it's a little late for me to change my major. I'm I'm government and history, but I'm definitely considering career paths in journalism a little bit more. Well, you could you could certainly find a path in journalism. And I have to say, Bill, this is probably the most interns we had at our disposal on any other summer. We had a total of seven, and I want a, a shout out to a few that couldn't be here um, today, Carolyn. Hobbin Stricker, Kayla Bamberger, and Natalie Freeman, who are all on their way back to school or doing jobs or whatever. Uh, Kayla went back to the city, but they were also very super helpful this spring. And I mean, you guys, I don't know how to say it enough. You guys really saved our ass, asses. And I think I can say that on uh, public radio, right? Well, we're not on public radio. It's a podcast. We're not on a public radio, so we can say whatever we want. Unfortunately, with with the you know with the pandemic, we did have to furlough you know some employees and you know the the sports editor and and some reporters and all that and and I honestly um, don't know how we would have gotten through without you guys and we owe you a tremendous 
amount of gratitude for stepping in and stepping up. And I look at all of you and, and I, I can't remember any of you turning down an assignment, saying no to an assignment. It was all just a matter of what, what can we do to help you guys? And, and you did. And we, we so really appreciate that. And, um, and we'll remember that for a long time. How much longer do we have you guys? Are we getting down to the wire here? I am theoretically going back to school after Labor Day weekend. Oh, good. So we have Gabrielle a little longer. <laughs> okay. What about you, Alec? When do you head back? I'm going back to the 23rd. Okay. So another issue. And Marissa, I think um, you're, you're a short timer, right? Yeah. My boredom starts on the 24th, but a couple of professors already have in their syllabus that they're giving homework the week before. So it's going to be a little intimidating, but um, yeah. Wow. So my last day was the 10th. Yeah, hopefully I can come back and do some more stuff. I'll see what I can juggle, but I would definitely love to come back and work for you guys more. Well, it's a good time for me to tell you, I've talked to all of your your college provosts and, and I've worked out an arrangement where you guys are just gonna stay throughout the school year this year and we'll give you, we'll give you a little credit, but we're just gonna keep working you. If... That sounds great. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. So what about you, Julia? When do you have to um, kick into high gear? My first day of classes is August 24th, but I've been taking a a class this whole time so I'm not really super worried about it and I don't think you guys are getting rid of me yet I think I'm gonna keep writing for you as long as I possibly can no you're family at this point yeah, like Bill once said like you should be teaching the courses probably at this point absolutely I actually was asked since I'm not going away to school if I could come back to Hampton Bays and like help out with running the yearbook because I have all this experience <laughs> now and I was like, what else do you need me to run? I'm here. I've been doing stuff for four years. Like, mine as well. Just ask them to cut you a check now for it. Yeah, right. Yeah, my mom was like, are they going to pay you the substitute teacher rates? Like, are you going to get a nice check at the end of the week? Yeah, hold out for that, all right? That's just my advice. As someone older and wiser, don't do nothing for free. Too many people give away their writing for free. Don't do it. Unless you're an intern, and then it's okay. Unless you're an intern. <laughs> right. Unless it's for you guys. When it's for you guys, it's fine. For anybody else, it's not allowed. Yeah, but anybody else, tell them no. So, well, this was fun. Again, thank you guys so much. We really, really appreciate it. And keep in, keep in touch. And, um, you know, uh, we, we, like to, we like to follow our, our former interns and, you know, invite you back if you want to come back. And We've had interns that have gone gone on to work for you know for major national newspapers, New York Times, Post, Washington Post, bunch of papers. So we like to follow your careers too. So if we if we lose touch, keep in touch, and say I remember back when I was writing for Bill Sutton when I was interning and he taught me so much and that's why I won this award today. I'll give you ten bucks or something. So go out there and win us a Pulitzer, all right? Thank you for listening. Join us again next week to hear what's news on the East End. Our interlude flute music is by Allison O'Reilly. Our opening and closing theme music is Boysdale Blues, written and performed by the incomparable Judy Carmichael. Listen to Judy's weekly show, Jazz Inspired, airing on an NPR station near you, or go to jazzinspired.com. 27 Speaks is a weekly podcast produced by the Express News Group, which includes the Southampton Press, the East Hampton Press, the Sag Harbor Express, 27East.com, and 
sacharborexpress.com. Find us on the websites or subscribe through Apple Podcasts. 